This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome. This is our first ever podcast, but also live stream on Facebook with the Very Good Food Foundation. We're here to talk about a panel that we have coming up on November 15th. It'll be at Kitchens for Good at 530. We'll be throwing down with some free food and drink. We'll get a little bit from our chef here, a little bit from our gardener and farmer over there. Um, and then from 6 to about 7.30, we'll have this amazing panel of folks to talk about farming. The panel's called uh, Behind Farm to Table, The Labor of Farming. And we really want people to understand, eaters, consumers, to understand everything that is involved in farming. Uh, why it is, you know, why it's so tough. The land use, the uh, access to capital, land, uh, regulations, all of the things that make farming really tough. And that, of course, has led us to the scenario that we're in, where the average age of the farmer is about 60 years old and less than 2% of the population is feeding the rest of us. So it's a trend we need to reverse. So we're going to have an opportunity to talk to a lot of folks there. And today we're doing a preview. On my right, I have Chef Steve Brown, who will be on the panel with us next week. And Hello. to his right, we have Managa Bay, one of my favorite, favorite farmers. Unfortunately, he won't be on the big panel, but we're so stoked to have him here today. So uh, let's talk a little bit about farming. Um, that's right. You know what? We were talking before we got started this morning, and everybody here has a strange wild willow connection. So let's start <laughs> there. Tell us how you got started in farming, Mana. So basically, uh, farming for me started off in West Africa, Liberia, where uh, my grandfather was a rubber farmer. So he he grew rubber for almost 15 years, and then when there was a civil war in the country, we moved to another neighboring country where we had to grow our own food. So a lot of that was learned from... Uh, some necessity. of the women, necessity, yeah. and uh, and so uh, fast forward coming to the United States, uh, farming for me was a way to I would say escape my PTSD from from Middle Eastern stuff. So I started. You were into, in the military. I was in the military. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I started farming, and like we said, Wild Willow Farm was the first farm that I I started. I would say uh, my career in, in in farming in San Diego. So it was really really awesome to to start there. And did they offer a, like a farm training program? So well, did yeah. You learn at, from them? At, at the time, uh, I, I I already knew a lot of a lot about farming because I was actually I had just graduated from Cuyamaca College uh, with, with an ornamental horticulture degree in uh, in Rancho San Diego. So uh, right when I got out of uh, college, that was when that job opened up. So basically, I was actually part of the group that was training some of the new intern farmers that we had come through the program uh, uh, starting at Wild Willow Farm. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out that you and I actually met through Wild Willow, which you reminded me about this morning. I'd forgotten that. Mel, who was one of my favorite people, it brought you to one of the berry dinners how many years ago? I would say maybe four four years, four years ago, I would think, yeah. And uh, that was where we met. And uh, just just being... Among that group of uh, of people, I met Colin that night from Archie's Acres. That was just really, really awesome because it blew my mind knowing that another veteran was also into the farming systems here in San Diego. So that was really, really awesome. You know, I, I've heard that. I, I t- I've spent a lot of time both with Colin and his wife. But it's interesting. I, I hear that a lot from veterans. There's a lot of veterans drawn into farming. And, and, and for the reason that you said that it's sort of like there's something calming and 
and soothing about putting your hands Absolutely. in the earth. And, and you know, I, I, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And, you know, we certainly have a lot of returning vets right Definitely. now. And so I hope that many of them will consider going into farming because we, we certainly want to reduce, uh, reverse that trend of, of farming, you know. Def- definitely. I'm actually part of a veteran program. It's actually called the Farmer Veteran Coalition. Mm-hmm. And what it does is that it actually, that's where most of, most of my funding for my farm comes from, from Bee for Bee Valley Farm. Uh, they help veterans actually get tools and equipment, seeds and uh, tractors and stuff like that. So every every year there's a there's a there's a list that goes out, and that 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 coalition is able to help actually farmers, uh, veteran farmers, you know, thrive uh, in the system because it's pretty tough to. Let's talk about so, that. Yeah. Tell me what's tough. <laughs> well, you know, I, I would say I'm one of the lucky ones uh, uh, because. Uh, f- farming, it's you know, there's a lot of things that come into play. Your water, your your seeds, your equipment, and uh, uh, I- I've been really fortunate to say I-, I I had a veteran loan that was that was able to get me my farm and my land because most of the time, young farmers right. you know, in Southern California they don't they own their own land, and that's one of the problems I've been hearing from a lot of my young friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're leasing these lands so that that means they have to pay for water and electricity and all these different things. And, and if you lease able, your land, you, you also really don't have the collateral that you need to get the to, financing, to get the that, financing you that you need to grow. I mean, it's sort of the cycle. And, and, and so that's an interesting point that you can get sort of through the government a starter loan as a veteran to get the land. Get, and then from there, you know, you're a little bit, you're more, a little bit, off and a little bit more off and running. A little bit more off and running, definitely. That's, that's good. I, you know, I think financing is a, is a big one and access to land. A few years ago, I held an event for the American Farmland Trust, which is an organization that – you know, basically their whole mantra is to save farmland from development because that's another mm-hmm. thing, right? You can you can grow, you know, some produce on this land or some developer wants to come in and build, you know, a giant neighborhood. And, of course, the, you know, the dollars yeah, for the mine. land is much greater, much greater in that right? latter category. Yes, and is. so there's a lot of pressure on the farmer, you know, to, to sell. And so I think that's really important. We have to preserve what land we have left for farming yeah. that is and get the capital, get that land in the hands of young farmers and the capital they need to start. Definitely. Well, Steve, we haven't heard from you yet. What's your Wild Willow connection? <laughs> well, my Wild Willow connection is uh, I moved down from L.A. just about a year and a half ago. I mean, I'm originally from Imperial Beach, and my parents told me, like, oh, go check out Susie's farm. I went to Susie's farm, which is the neighboring farm that just recently closed, and they're like, oh, you gotta, you want a personal connection. you got to go back there to Wild Willow. And they took I me asked back Robin there. Taylor if he could be on today, but he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't available because I, you know, I, I love those guys, man. Yeah. I was really sad to see that happen. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. I mean, yes, it is. but again, that's part of the reason why we're here. Yeah, you know? that's why we're here. Yeah. But um, so anyway, I um, they, they gave me a tour and I realized what a small little niche farm this was in a learning center and that, you know, that that whole part of it. And I met Mel and, you know, and little did I know, they're like, oh, my gosh, there's that chef. I didn't I had no idea. They're like, because they don't get a lot of chefs there, you know, and it's 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 pretty, that's a, that, it's pretty the, surprising. I mean, they don't get a lot of chefs there. Yeah, which is to me. It's great for me, but terrible for the for the movement. For the movement you know what definitely, I mean? Yeah. So, and why is that? Why 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 aren't they getting a lot of chefs? So you're a chef. You're our chef representative here today. Yeah. Speak well, for your people. <laughs> I mean, because as as you know, it's it's difficult for chefs in the sense that. Um, you know, if if you don't own your own restaurant, then yeah. your your owner of your restaurant's not going to pay you to be down at the farms and and harvesting. They don't see the value in it right. or the connection. They just see the dollar signs. You know, so they're not looking at the big picture, no. the connection, and the quality. No, quite frankly, no, they they don't. You know, and the, and the chef, you know, most chefs, it's a you know a um, selfish reason of just having the best thing. You know, but you know, as we know, there's a lot more to the the whole entire experience. And then for the owners, it's 
mostly just about the dollar. Yeah. So, you know, they don't want to pay for them to have that – put that time in down there. Well, and again, look, the... restaurants have very small <clears throat> margins too, right? Very small. You know? Very small. And they're very worried small. about – and will their customers pay more for that experience yeah. or that, you know, product? And, and I feel – but I think that chefs really – I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing. Well, actually, you told me about something the other day about the new stage that you're doing. Yes. Yeah, so Tell we're... us about that because I think that's fantastic. I wish more people would. Yeah, so we're starting a stage program to help grow Wild Willow because, again, the, the hard thing for them is, is labor. They're nonprofit farm and mm-hmm. they have so much land there that's just undeveloped and so we're we're going to have 15 stages which if you don't know what stages it's like an intern it's like, that's what a chef calls an intern yeah. and um, it sounds better yeah it sounds <laughs> fancier it's um, still sort of you know working hard gives them a little dignity i guess um but it's a program that we're going to be doing for six weeks and it will be 30 hours a week in the in the farm and then 30 hours a week in the restaurant. Yes, it's 60 hours, but, you know, it's, it's, it's what That's it takes. It's not unusual for chefs. Yeah. No, it's yeah, not, not unusual. Anyone for anyone in a restaurant <laughs> or on a farm. Yeah, the farm. They're, getting, <laughs> Definitely. they're getting a free education, yeah. and in turn, the farm is getting, you know, free hands that are going to grow the, you know, grow the size of the farm. And then, yes, in turn, we get free labor in the kitchen, but then that what it really boils down to is that we're creating a generation of chefs. That's that, what I like. Yes, Look, I, I love definitely. that you said that it's good for the farm, and it is. But what I really love about it is it, it's sort of like, why are we teaching people sort of basic skills like how to can and how to how to preserve? Because we lost that. A generation yep. went by with, you know, working and busy and not paying attention to sort of like traditional things that grandma did. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also true of chefs, right? No, Whether it, it's totally. breaking down a whole animal or like you said, getting in the dirt, and then they're going to appreciate that difference that you're talking totally. about. Totally. And then eventually yeah. when those cooks become chefs, it's going to, you know, slowly change the whole entire picture because maybe they they can't have their own farm or be connected. They'll at least be going to the farmer's market or, or whatever it takes, you know, and they'll, they'll, it'll still change the, you know, the, the overall DNA of our industry. And why does it matter to you as a chef? It matters to me because it's just, again, there's that, that selfish reason where you just want to be the best, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And and you want to have that product. Whatever we will appeal to whatever it takes. (laughs) Yeah. But then it's, but then it's, it's also the whole full circle thing, you know, like all of our vegetable waste goes to Agua Dolce farm, which is our sister farm that we we use only Wild Willow and Agua Dolce, Mm -hmm. which are sister farms. Mm -hmm. And all of our vegetable waste goes to feed the chickens there, which then in turn we use those chicken eggs. Right. So, you know, it's, it's full circle, you know, and I don't know, it just makes, just like, you know, why does it calm, why does it calm you down when you're, when you're farming? It makes, as a chef, my job is terrible half the time, you know, I'm (laughs) I'm so stressed out and overworked. And when I'm there, I don't actually grow the things, but I actually harvest most of my own stuff. Which is nice. You get out there and pick it. And that's the same, to me it's the same feeling. Let's get more chefs doing that. That is an amazing, amazing thing. Well, now, so so you're reaching to young cooks who will soon be, you know, big famous chefs as well. What about reaching out to other chefs in the community? What about, you know, because probably I guarantee you there's a lot of chefs who'd be like, I'd be down. Let's all go together. Let's, you know, like, because I think chefs, like you said, most are not working for their own restaurant. They're not owners. And so, therefore, they're sort of constricted. But I guarantee you they'd still like the experience of of doing it. And I I think that's really cool. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's why we just did the Wild Willow Farm 7th anniversary Mm -hmm. collaboration dinner. And I had... Seven different chefs doing seven different courses, you know, and that's that's a way we and they all had to harvest all of their own produce that day. And, you know, it just gets them connected to the farm. And I already know out of seven of them, 
you know, three of them are definitely starting to use the farm already. You awesome. know? And that's, so, and you know, that's exactly how it happens. So as Mana was saying, you know, the dinner that, that I, that I started, I guess, eight years ago now, the berry dinner, which was really just meant uh, after I, I did a sort of a summer in uh, Sonoma, I went to go work at a goat farm. I wanted to learn how to, you know, take care of goats, feed them, milk them, make cheese, yeah. the whole thing, you know, get in the ground as yeah. it were. And, um, and what I felt though, I felt like there was this amazing sense of community in the Northern California region among like producers and consumers and like it felt very supportive and I and I remember when I came back thinking wait a minute we have everything they have where's that sense of community so I create this dinner to come together but the idea was let's farmers meet other farmers farmers meet chefs you know so on and sort of create relationships and I think many have happened whether sort of chef to chef farm to farmer or across those lines sometimes you know new uh, sources for goods and that sort of thing but more importantly what you're talking about like you know getting inspired to do something different different, you know when I hear from a chef who says well I came to the dinner and now you know before I, I cared about the quality of the food product, but I never thought about sourcing. Yeah. Now I think about sourcing, and it's like, look, for, as a chef, you know, does it matter whether you're getting sort of, you know, factory farm, mass-produced product versus, you know, what you're getting made with love down the road? Does it, you, can you taste the difference? Can of you feel the difference? Of course you can. And well, especially, if you're, especially if you're cutting it yourself. And, you know, also think about as a chef, you know, you hit a wall a lot of times, a creative wall. Yep. So, you know, you're looking at, you're like, oh, okay, let's let's do, a, let's do a new menu. And you're looking at a produce list from a produce company, you're like, uh. Yeah, like, uh you go down to the farm, and yeah. you yeah. see kale growing, which we know a lot yep. of people hate over there. I know. Let's <laughs> shout out for kale. Yeah. There's a kale chip competition and, going on right <laughs> yeah. here, right now. <laughs> but again, and, and back to that, you know, people say the stage program is going to create free labor for me. But what it really is is, so now that kale that we wouldn't have the time to be able to pay $15 soon for a minimum wage. Mm. Someone to bl- pull kale, blanch kale, yeah. dehydrate, dehydrate kale, kale, powder the kale, then put it into the pasta. Mm. So now you have three days just to make this one pasta, which yeah. you could dry, you could buy dry, right. and it would cost a dollar. Right. And now that would cost me $50. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like that's where it comes in. And so now these these students are going to have these – you know, um, techniques to take with them and mm-hmm. see how how important oh, and important. and things that you couldn't normally pay for someone to do. And that's yeah. what and, and pulling up, plucking all those garnishes all day long. Mm-hmm. That stuff's important. The blossoms from an ochre plant are the most amazing flower I've ever seen, and they're delicious. And oh. you won't know that unless you go to the farm. No, you wouldn't know. I never even knew what ochre flower looked yeah. like. It looks like a rose almost. It does. Yeah. It's it delicious. Does. Yeah, it is. It really you know, is. And they're all over Wild Willow right now, yeah. by the way, so go to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Leather plug. We're doing a lot of plugs for Wild Willow today. I love it. I hope you're out there you know, watching. Uh, <laughs> this was unplanned. Um, you know, it, it's interesting what you're saying. Um, I, I think you know a little bit about where we're having the panel on November yeah. 15th, which is Kitchens for Good. Uh, uh, which I, I'm a big fan of. Uh, it's a culinary school in Southeast San Diego and really reaches out to a community that might not otherwise get into or have access to the culinary to the schools culinary that school. many chefs go to. Definitely. And what we do when we have our panels there is the chefs like you and others who are helping, Flor Franco is sort of heading up the menu. Uh, we go in there and use it as an opportunity to teach the students something as we're preparing the food. So I actually think this idea, you know, you say free labor, uh, I actually think, wow, you're getting giving them something yeah, that's, that's going to carry skill. forward yep. forever. Yeah. I look at the stuff that the students at that school have learned from, you know, many chefs, David, uh, David Waite, Tommy Gomes, so many others, you know, and I think they're learning things that I'm not sure, you know, students in the, you know, more highbrow, as it were, culinary schools are, are learning. Of I, I mean, not. breaking down a whole animal, for example, yeah, you know, course. that's not something that's there any more than going to a farm and so Absolutely. on. So. 
I, you know, I don't know if they have a garden there yet. We actually, uh, the Berry Good Food Foundation, we put in a rooftop garden at the Mesa College Culinary School, okay. nice. which is cool because now those students are getting that same experience. A lot of them grew up in an wow. urban environment, so they didn't necessarily have farms or near farms, and now they're seeing it and growing. And you know, it's it's actually, I think it's it, there's something really there if people really do. You know, I say like grow your own. Well, we can't all grow our own, and I'm a hobbyist farmer. Yeah, is what I yeah. am, you know. But I, I do have baby goats and chickens. <laughs> this week it's pretty exciting i gotta say uh but but the more people get in touch with it you know physically yeah. in touch then i think they care you know and remember this is our community people in san diego and quite frankly the rest of the country are so unaware that we live in the farmiest community in the country, in the country. i mean yes. it, i think nine out of ten people you would talk to would just not know that fact and you know we have such access to amazing produce yeah, well, right here in our neighborhood right if you just go around Absolutely. the corner yeah. North, you know, west, east, well, not west, east, south, you know, and in every direction (laughs) there is something. West will be farming fish in addition to catching them, right? I mean, you know, we have so much here. And and it always amazes me. I mean, look, I think part of sort of the blame lies a little bit on the consumer um, in that, you know, I I, I talk a lot about this. Like when we go to another community, like we expect, like if I go to Napa, Sonoma, I know I'm going to get what's local and seasonal. seasonal. You know, that's what's going to be on the menu. I'm not going to dictate. And if I go to lots of places that have distinct, you know, food cultures and what we don't seem to have that. Our consumers don't want that. You know, we want whether it's salmon or, you know, steak, whatever, the same thing, blueberries year round, all year round, the same meal that I could get in any city in the United States any day of the year, instead of looking at like what is around us, what's the bounty we have. And so, you know, look, so consumers have expectations, but I also think that chefs like you have a huge opportunity. Uh, I think I told you that I was at the New York Times Food for Tomorrow conference a year or so ago, and they had this amazing panel, and it was called Chefs Using the Bully Pulpit. Yeah. Because, look, the world is as it is. Chefs like yourself, <laughs> like people listen, people yeah, watch, and you can before. push the consumer to think what about what's in the community, in the community. so that they're focused on guys like Manna and yep. Wild Willow yeah. and all the other farmers that yeah. we have right here. I mean, Definitely. go see a farm. Go go yeah. visit one. I mean, half of them have you picks. You know, yeah. you can farm tours, can farm, farm dinners, tours, you know. Yep. Uh, I still remember. I, I'm sorry. Every time I see Mana, I think, well, first of all, he's my garlic source. So he gave me my <laughs> seed garlic, and I love him for it. But also because he and DJ, we were talking about Danilo T- uh, yeah. Tanglin earlier. He and DJ paired up at the Berry Dinner last year, I think. Yeah, or the year last before. Yeah, year before. Lost track. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, whew, so many. Uh, but it was on garlic. We had like a single sort of, you know, produce item from a single farm and assigned it to, you know, a chef. And so Mana's garlic and DJ's skills. And of course, DJ made like a three course oh, garlic God. tasting he, menu. He went all with off. Yeah. Garlic ice cream. But you know what? It was so beautiful to see when these two met each other and when they connected and what yeah. they made. I mean, it was magical. And you could feel that energy in the food that was created. Yeah. And I think. Well, and that's what it's all about. I mean. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about. So, so we've talked a little bit about sort of financing and land and these kinds of things. Tell me if you know, and I think you've talked a little bit about one, but, you know, so that's sort of the scary stuff that's gotten us where we are, which is, you know, 2% of the population, 60-year-old yeah. farmers yeah. on average. But what about sort of young farmer incubation programs or sort of new things that are kind of flip that? I know Wild Willow does it. They're trying to train yeah. young farmers. What do you know Absolutely. about their training programs? 
Well, they're they're training. I mean, that's I, I can't remember exactly how long their program is. I mean, you would probably know. How well, much. I think it was I think it was six weeks, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Weeks, exactly. Yeah, I think it was six weeks. Yeah. yeah, and that's I mean, they have their own their whole little farm program, and then they have the then they have the little the the like daily ones. Come take your cheese class. Come, Come take, take your yeah yeah the harvesting all that kind of you know they do all these you know beekeeping. They even have one. You know they have all these little classes that they do. For just day, you know, like on the on the Saturday or or whatever. whatever so day. so anyone can come in and do like a yeah. half day or full day. Oh, yeah. yeah, and they're not cheese alone. Making. That's see, that's cheese really cheese making. Yeah. Yeah. On, on so and... for for example, there's also a place. Uh, I actually am the uh, the manager of horticulture and facilities at the Water Conservation Garden in Rancho, and we we do a lot of classes too. Yeah. Uh, in fact, one of the the education ladies that started to work with her, Lauren. Uh, she used to work at uh, Susie's farm. She was in charge of the education program. Wow. So she kind of brought a lot of that over to the garden where we have classes. People come and learn how to, how to, how to, you know, how to grow, how to grow a vegetable garden in their backyard, how to do, how to do, how to prune fruit trees and stuff like that, how yeah. to do a backyard orchard. And, and then there are also other classes that has to do with sustainability yeah. and things like that too. So there are a few, there are a few organizations in San Diego that are actually, you know, uh, city college, you know, uh, that are actually catering to uh, uh, community uh, to, members, to, community members mm-hmm. uh, to to help younger generation right. learn about because the whole the whole the whole thing about farming is that first of all it's hard it's hard people are like oh it's I was hard. just gonna say yeah. tell me why because labor. that's what you, it's, hard <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's hard work and long hours it's hard work mm-hmm. and long hours but, uh, but I think if yeah. you put your it, just like anything else if you mm-hmm. put your mind and your effort and your time and your concentration into it you'll yield the best benefits because if you think about it farming has been one of the oldest occupations in the world right. forever. So in, in a lot of time we talk about, oh, farming and this and that. But then when we're done with that, we go and we get something to eat. I'm like, where do you think that food came from? You know, yeah. it came from a farm. So, you know, we, we shouldn't forget about that. You know, I think some of the schools need to actually and that's it's so awesome to see kids come off the bus uh, at the yeah. garden that I work at. And they come in and then they get to go to the little ve- we actually not a little veggie garden. It's bigger than this room. A nice veggie garden. They get to learn the different plants. They're mm-hmm. all labeled. So it's really, really nice to see that some schools are actually putting the kids, you know, yeah. and, and giving them the chance to Van Omering Farm over in uh, uh, Santee area there, Lake or Lakeside. That's actually. where I get my, uh, you know, compost it's just Yeah, from. it's just really awesome that these <laughs> farms are actually doing this because yeah. uh, uh, we a lot of the farm, a lot of yeah. the time, the kids don't even get to understand. And it's just cool to sit, to stand back and watch the kids yeah. and see how they react to the farm when they're actually there. Uh, 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 and, and, and immersed in the dirt and, and picking vegetables and stuff like that. So it's really, really awesome. So I'll, I'll give a little plug for the Berry Foundation as well. But uh, Flora Franco, along with Jack Ford, they're also providing classes at Flora's location on Baker's that. Hill. Yeah, no, that, yeah, thank you. Uh, no, and it's great. They're doing cheese making. Uh, Jack has an entire generation now of people that he's taught uh, how to make cheeses. You know, I, I'm actually a dairy goat breeder, and so my goats end up going to his students who he teaches to That's train great. and raise them and milk them and make and the milk. cheeses. And, and they're doing the classes for, you know, other other people as well. Actually, at the panel on the 15th, Jack's going to be showing them how to make sort of basic ricotta. I mean, yeah. that doesn't, like, anyone who's ever made it knows it's not really it's that really hard. It's as yeah. easy as it gets. But unless somebody shows you, yeah. you know, it yeah. might be a little bit sort of yeah. scary of at first, right? And they're doing some other, you know, the other kinds of classes that they're offering and i like that setting it's kind of an urban setting because look uh, you know yes people should come to farms and they should see it but some people are in an urban area and a yep. farm is a little far away so if you can bring the classes to them to the them. goats to them the cheese making yep. the canning yeah. the preserving you know give people the skills you know some people right um you know we talk about like, is it expensive and from the way that you're talking about in terms of the time to go there and to get it and to make things from scratch but from up. the home oh, yeah. sort of you know cook right you know buying things that are seasonal 
uh, when they are abundant, yeah. right, is the best price you ever get of for course. anything, right? Go to your farmer's market or better yet, direct to the direct farm, to farm, CSA, farmer's market. When something is really full, get it. And it, then you're sort of like, well, great. What do I do with 20 pounds of tomatoes? Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. If you know how to preserve them preserve or can, can them, then you've made your tomatoes for the rest yeah, of the year. Definitely. And it's just a little bit, you know, a little bit of skill set, a little bit of time. You know, I say like you can show someone how to do something on a Sunday and make food that can last them through the week. Yep. And then what they've got is real food. You know, locally sourced at a reasonable price yep. and not with so much time. So you know, that's sort of and whatever way you can get people, whether in the urban environment or those who can, you know, get to the farms to could reconnect with. Well, and it's up food to parents sourcing. to start their kids mm-hmm. this big because yeah. you know when you know when you have a little baby and the only thing that keeps it to stop crying is strawberries. You're feeding that damn you kid strawberries, strawberries year round. All year round yeah. Yeah. So then all that kid knows yep. is strawberries. Yeah. You know, and that's there's a there's a lot that goes into it, the education. I mean, think about actual school, public school. They never taught me about. It. I knew the McDonald's menu way more than I knew. Yeah, the, well, you know the, yeah, yeah. Then, then I knew how a vegetable was grown. Right. It's a fact. I mean, they don't teach it yeah. in school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think steps are being made to change that, but baby steps. And in certain communities, there there are folks in our community who are working on that from Hollywood Gardens Hollywood, and others. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, but there's a lot that can be done. I mean, look, you know, now today everything has to fit into the STEM curriculum. But quite yeah. frankly, you know. Farming, gardening, composting, cooking. cooking. Like that, yeah. I mean, come that, on. That's, like that's everything yeah, right that's there. Life. You know, that's science. It's math. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah, you know, it's Food beautiful. Is life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Food is life. Yeah. And community. That's what Jack yeah. always says. I love that. Food is community. You know, I think, like, I have this conversation a lot. There are a lot of things that may or may not be a local product, but of all the things in the world, like, food is inherently food is, a, yeah. local product. a local product. Yeah. I, I'm old enough to remember, and I also grew up in Germany. I was an army brat. Uh, I remember when we only got, you know, straw strawberries mm-hmm. during strawberry during season, strawberry season yeah. right i didn't have blueberries year round now i demand it right yeah. you know as a consumer and and but there was something more special right if you didn't have them all the time you were like yay you know strawberries are here yeah. and so you've reconnected the qualities better you know and and look when you buy something that's local from your community, you're supporting your neighbors, you're, support, yep. you're, you're supporting, you know, they pay taxes in your community, which is your schools, your roads, all of that. And, you know, you're creating a vibrant community, the one in which you live, and the food is fresher, right? Look, and how much of that money goes to the farmer? farmer. If you buy something from across the globe, yeah. you know, out of season, well, a lot of the money that you pay and you still want it cheap, right, uh, is going to transportation, going to transportation and shipment yes. and advertisement all packaging. And so then the farmer at the other end is going, you know, wait a minute, what did I get yeah and as you said it's hard work but here's what i want to say about the hard work part everyone says like they work hard the hours like farmers get up early yeah. like i know i get my text from jack at four in the morning oh, like yeah. oh all right either i'm still up or sometimes <laughs> i'm getting up uh he's always up at that time but but the everyone that i know who chooses farming and they do people choose farming yeah. yes they do it because it's a passion yes you know like that 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 they they love their work. They love being outside, in the ground, you know, on the land, yep. you know, doing something that feels real. Yes. You know? Is that, you know, sort of like keeps you going even if it is hard? Basically that's 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 what keeps me going. I, I almost some mornings I wake up so that you know, like right around this time of the year when we get when it's still dark in the morning, I'm usually like waking up and looking out the window, like, when is it gonna get daylight? When is it gonna get daylight? <laughs> Just so I can get out there and get my hands dirty. It's 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 just really really awesome uh, to connect with uh, uh, with the with the with the farm and with the dirt, the way the way 
young farmers or farmers period are, mm-hmm. are able to do. And one of the things I heard you saying were about kids. Mm-hmm. I, I see that it's, it, it is changing a lot. They're bringing, they're bringing kids into the education a little bit more, but I think our adults or most of our adults also are not educated on, right. on, on the, on the, on the issue because I got a chance to run the Rancho mm-hmm. San Diego farmers market. My wife and myself ran that market for years and you would get adults come up to you and ask you for certain things that, they knew wasn't in season, yeah. and you know they knew, you know, and they're like, "Oh, we want broccoli." We're like, oh, it's like we don't have broccoli right now, you know. Yeah. And then they're looking at you mad, and then they never came back. Yeah. They never came back well, to, also, to I buy think, from look, you. I, I think people get intimidated. You go to the farmers market, you know what you know. I can spot yeah, a broccoli, I, right? Yeah. Yeah, most people can, thank most, God. Yeah. But then you know, you see like they see these other things. They don't know what they are. They're embarrassed, embarrassed to ask, yeah. you know? And it's sort of like, and then, then you get in this tug of war and so then people revert to asking for what they know. What they know. And so, you know, sort of like on the on the farm stand side, you know, like putting a sign that says, you know, do you know what I am? I'm yeah, this. Do you I'm know this. what I can make yeah. with and me? I you know, because, yeah. Like you got to get people willing to say, to, I don't know what don't that know. is, yeah, you know? Yeah. We, uh, we, I used to have a, a bakery in La Jolla, and one of the things we did, we had a, a class where the chef would take a class through the farmer's market. They would decide collectively on the spot what they wanted to buy. They would want to pick things, and he would pick things, you know, especially if they didn't know what it was. And they'd bring it back, and they'd make something out of it. And it was such a great class, I thought, because it did just that. You know, it got people sort of like, hey, I've never, I'm not familiar with that root vegetable before, you know, yeah, and what that yeah. is and where it goes, you know. Kohlrabi. Kohlrabi. Yeah. Now, see, that I grew up with. That's so German, man. Those trucks would go by. Actually, when we were growing up in Germany, it was funny. We lived next to a cornfield. And then, like, now they eat corn. But then, like, corn was only for cows. <laughs> so, and so we, who eat corn, right, we would say, hey, can we take some of those? And they were like, what do you want that for? That's cow food. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I hope, Mana, are you going to be there with us on the 15th? I know you're not going to be Well, our... the f- it, it, it sounds like I might be yeah. there. Yeah, I hope I so. Think I, I hope yeah, so. I think I can open up a schedule yeah for that. Yeah, so. and um, I you know uh, I'll bring some of the garlic that uh, you know it's like yeah, it's, it's, you gave me the seeds, we grew the garlic, but we have it. It'll get on the menu. Um, we're gonna have uh, there will be some other farmers there. Al Staley will okay, be there. Yeah, okay. um, also Pierre from Go Green. Okay, from Go Green he's gonna yeah. talk a little bit about sort of you know one of the things we talked about. We have to figure out how to bring younger people in, and sometimes it's money, sometimes it's training, um, but sometimes it's the application like well look it's not just teaching younger people the old ways there's a lot to that but there's also what do young people have to add well they have new ways of thinking about things and like respecting that and honoring that and so colin is one who sort of came up with an idea i mean you know he's not the only one uh, colin and pierre excuse me but you know sort of thinking about new ways of farming whether it's aquaponic hydroponic vertical farming uh i was uh, at a conference a few weeks ago with um Oh, goodness, I just went blank on his name. And he's sort of one of the guys who's sort of working in putting these vertical farms Farms. into urban areas. Like, so, right, because we're talking about this fact that, like, the closer someone is to the source of the food, you know, sort of the more connected they'll be. And it's it's not just sort of a respect for how and what's involved, you know, how what the process is, but also it's real connection. And that leads to 
better choices, better knowledge. You know, like I don't want to eat a carrot if I'm unfamiliar with it. If I know what the drive-through menu looks like at McDonald's, <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, you know, parents struggle. Like a lot of parents are like, "Oh, my kid will eat this," and they yeah. just give up. But you know, sort of like if you know, I I used to with a lot of other chefs used to do that little class they do at Olive Wood where you'd come in at the class comes and you harvest something and then you teach you them how teach to make something with it. it. And I remember Julie Darling, who was running the program at the time, she used to say everyone had to raise their hand and say, "I promise I'll take one bite before I." <laughs> I say I don't like it. You know what I mean? And it was like so simple and so brilliant. I use it all the time now with my little nieces and nephews. But, uh, you know, the idea that like, first of all, they're attached to it because they, they put that seed in the ground. They watched it grow. They pulled it out. And now it's like theirs. Right. They yep. want to own it. They don't know what to do with it still. And they mistype, you know, might not still recognize it. But. Hi. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, now they're connected. And then if you've shown them how to make something they actually like with it, well, they're, they're hooked for life. Yeah, you know? totally. And it's like a combination of sort of farmer and, you know, what they're doing and sort of the chef or the parent, oh, the quite parent, frankly, yeah. uh, who, who can, you know, make those connections again. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited to have uh, you guys there. Also, there's we're going to have someone from the Farm Bureau. We're going to have... Awesome. Um, uh, we're looking at some sort of other applications of technology. We usually bring in academics. Uh, we'll have someone with policy background. Just to sort of like today we have sort of two sides of this coin, but there really are a lot of different perspectives on what's involved in farming. You know, what are the difficulties? Uh, where are the opportunities, are the opportunities, you know, to, to make it better? And how and where and in what way can we try to reconnect with the consumer? Because at the end of the day, you know, we can talk about what you're doing and what you're doing, but unless the consumer who's the driving, who's the driving force, force yeah. to the restaurant owner, yeah. to, to all of it. They have to care. But, you know, this American Farmland Trust has this great bumper sticker that my mom has on her car. No it says, farm, no, no farms, foods. no food, right? <laughs> and, you know, like people who live in cities where most of us live today are very disconnected. But, you know, we got to remind ourselves if we don't pay attention and save the small farms around us, yep. we'll be relegated to the three items that are left grown in very large quantities, exactly. you know, and, and chefs like you won't be happy because it's a lot harder for you to make that into something magic (laughs) and the rest of us won't be happy because it doesn't taste as good it's not grown with the same kind of love necessarily it's not from our neighbors and you know uh, the choices are a lot more limited Limited. so anything else you guys want to add to the what's happening here today I don't know. I mean, this is awesome. I'm excited for the 15th. Are you? I am, yeah. too. I think awesome. it's going to be great. And uh, I'm excited also, like I said, for everyone, again, out there, it's going to be at Kitchens for Good. Uh, at 530, we will have um, we'll have food and drinks. So come early and get that food and drink. Meet the culinary students that, with the chefs, uh, will have created that amazing food we'll be having. And then, you know, sit down. We, uh, we take questions during the panel by Twitter. Uh, just to keep the flow going. But usually, in case there's those who are not Twitter-capable, afterwards we'll do a little Q&A with a microphone. Um, It's recorded for UCTV, which is cool. I I mean, it's one of the things we do because it means that, you know, anyone can watch it anytime. And so the audience is larger than the one assembled there. And, all right, I'm going to give it a little self-plug. We just actually won four uh, San Diego Press Club Awards for our panel. So people, you know, I I mean, look, we put together something that's different. You know, usually I have too many people on stage, according to, to really anyone who's sane. Um, but but it's because there's so many ways to look at a single issue yeah. and really have a cool dialogue and one that's accessible to everyone so that there's a voice on that stage that resonates with someone for whatever reason. Uh, so we're doing really well. You know,
know, people are watching. And so I hope you can come live and uh, join us at Kitchens for Good because that's the only way you get the food and drink. That's awesome. a good plug. Awesome. It's free. Uh, <laughs> but if you can't, join us on Facebook Live or later on you can watch it on UCTV. Mana, awesome. any final? Uh, well, I would say right now I'm at the Water Conservation Garden. So if you want to you wanna come down there and check me out sometimes, uh, if you have any questions about farming. We also have a lot of classes over at the garden where we teach younger generations about different aspects about sustainability and agriculture and things like that. So come on down to the Water Conservation Garden. I've got you got questions, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I think we have a fall festival this weekend. Come on down and check us out. So Nice. That's, yeah. well, I, have, I do have Please. one thing to say. Good. So, yeah, if you're interested in the stage program, the six-week oh, program, good. email me at chefstevebrown at gmail. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I love what you're doing. Can anyone do it? You yeah, have, anyone. You have to be a cook? <laughs> well, you have to. You have to. Is there like a test? <laughs> well, you're going to work in, in, you know, the whole point is, is you're planting something when you start and you're plating it you're by plating the end. You're plating it by the end. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Look, this is exactly what, you know, Olivewood does with their yeah. kids that come in. You know, awesome. that's, that's how you connect them. Yeah. You're doing it with the young professionals. They're doing it with the little yeah. kids. And everyone else is trying to do it with the rest of the community. So no farms, It's connecting no that farming yes. with the cool factor of, like, wanting yes. to be a chef. You know what exactly. I mean? So that's what's you're, – you're making it relevant. You know, I'm so glad you said that, which is why I was so entranced by that panel, the chefs in the bully, in pulpit. The bully pulpit. Like I think, you know, yes, chefs are constricted by the owners and the finances and by what their customers demand, but they also have a power that I'm not sure every one of them realizes. No. Really have the power. Of, it's a oh, sense yeah. of celebrity, especially it now. Is, it is. Especially you know, now, People yeah. will follow you. That's yeah. right. You know, chefs are the rock stars of the day, so oh, yeah. like we're both pretty stoked to be here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, like maybe farmers should be the rock stars, but the world is what it is. Nah. And so, look, chefs we'll let you guys do that. <laughs> we'll be, we'll look, stay in the dirt. Right. But chefs who love farmers and who appreciate what they do yeah, and who are willing to, to push that, it. that's a rock star yeah. in my book. Yeah. So uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. I hope you'll tune in for the big show on the 15th. And uh, I hope we haven't missed your questions. They're too far away for me to read. So um, if, if there were some questions, uh, <laughs> we're getting some laughs in the booth. If there were some questions that we didn't answer, we'll try to look at them afterwards and do our best to answer them. Awesome. So see you on the 15th. Thanks Thank for joining. Yeah. Thank you for Bye-bye. Thank you. Cool. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.